0: Ba-du-ba-di-u-do-m-di-do-do-wee mm, Ba-du-ba-di-u-do-m-wee
1: We would like to welcome you to the uh, Summer Solstice edition of The Jazz Show, right here on CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course, uh, this is <laughs> The Jazz Show. I've already said that, but thing is, um, it is uh, a, a wonderful time of year, and of course, it's the... The, at the tail end of this week, beginning Friday night, will be the beginning of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival, and all kinds of artists will be uh, descending upon Vancouver and uh, <laughs> and uh, at various venues all over the place, and of course there's lots of, uh, tons of free concerts, uh, tons of ticketed concerts, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we did have our big jazz festival show a couple of weeks ago, and I'm hope that uh, some of you out there were listening to uh myself and uh the redoubtable media director of the jazz festival Mr. John Orsick. and uh, we'll be uh, mentioning it, of course and how to uh, get tickets and if you haven't done any planning at all um it's uh, there's a couple of or there's a great website to go on to to uh, do that. and You can purchase tickets, make reservations, and do everything online. It's it's quite, uh, it's very, very convenient. We have a great show lined up for you this evening. We have all kinds of stuff. Uh, As a matter of fact, um, I was just thinking today, uh, I was reminded of a recording that I have of none other than Charlie Parker, when he was 22 years old, He wasn't, nobody knew who he was at the time, except for a few musicians in the Kansas City area. And he did a couple of home recordings just with a guitar player and uh, another friend playing some quiet brushes in the background. I re-listened to that today, and it's absolutely amazing to hear 22-year-old Charlie Parker do a couple of tunes. We're going to play some of that a little later on. But speaking of Charlie Parker, our jazz feature artist this evening is a very dear friend of mine. We've known each other since 1961 when he came to Vancouver as part of the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop to play at the original Jazz Cellar, which was um, between Maine and and Kingsway Street on, on Watson Street, 2,500 block Watson, the little alley street in between Main and Kingsway. And Charles McPherson was uh, a very young man then. And, uh, and we hit it off and, and maintained our friendship all these years. And uh, it's, I, I'm acquainted with many jazz artists, but um, there's not that many that I can say that I'm close friends with, but uh, in terms of uh, being close friends with Charles McPherson, yes, and we often have uh, lengthy phone conversations. Uh, he'll phone me, or I'll phone him, and uh, and we'll just talk, and it's not something I do normally, but it's always fun, and inevitably, inevitably, the conversation turns to Charlie Parker, because it was through the music of Charlie Parker that that um, formed the style of saxophone or alto saxophone that Charles McPherson plays. That's the basis of his style is the style of Charlie Parker, and it's very interesting. So the conversation always turns to Bird, and and I have turned him on to uh, recordings that he's never heard. Uh, and in turn, he's turned me onto recordings that I've never heard, and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And we've always had this wonderful exchange. But it, it, the conversation—we talk about everything under the sun, politics, uh, every, all that kind of stuff, adventures uh, in the world, and, and and everything else. But the conversation always turns to Charlie Parker. It's it's, it's pretty amazing. So. Charles McPherson is our jazz feature artist this evening. I um, And I'm saying this without bias. He is truly one of the great voices of the alto saxophone. Charles McPherson is alive and well. Um, He is performing all the time, all over North America, in New York, Chicago, uh, playing festivals. Um, He's very active. He's 77 years old now. And he was born in Joplin, Missouri, On July 24th, 1939, and he was raised in Detroit, Michigan, and that's where he got his interest in jazz music and the saxophone was in Detroit because when he was a young man, Detroit was booming with jazz. There were tons of clubs and tons of musicians, and he started playing the saxophone, and and, uh, very soon, because of his uh, talent, hooked up with some very important musicians, including his mentor. His first mentor was pianist Barry Harris, who taught a lot of musicians. And Charles McPherson and his best friend, trumpeter Lonnie Hillier, the late Lonnie Hillier, um, studied music under Barry Harris, and he showed them um, those two young men, the some of the intricacies of, of of jazz music and 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 the music of Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie and all that sort of stuff. And uh, soon after um, leaving Detroit and heading for New York, Charles McPherson and Lonnie Hillier joined Charles Mingus, and of course uh, became one of Mingus's favorite uh, two of Mingus's favorite musicians and. Ch- uh, Although Lonnie passed away in 1985, sad to say, as a, a relatively young man, Charles McPherson uh, played off and on with Charles Mingus for over 15 years and never had a problem with Mingus. A lot of musicians did. A lot of musicians refused to work with Mingus, even though they loved his music. But Charles McPherson never had a problem. He he had uh, there was one incident that he told me about. He stood up to Mingus, uh, and Mingus backed down and. Nothing was ever said after that. <laughs> Mingus loved the way MacPherson played. The thing about Charles' music is that, yes, he was a protege of uh, of um, of Charlie Parker, and and Charlie Parker formed the way Charles MacPherson plays. He, Charles took the lyrical and melodic and elegant side of Charlie Parker and turned it into a style. And, of course, that style became Charles MacPherson. And when you hear him play, there's no doubt. its You know it's not Charlie Parker. It's Charles McPherson. This was the whole point of Char- Charlie Parker's existence, um, was that he... Um, various saxophone players took parts of Charlie Parker's style and turned them into... Um, their own concepts. Jackie McLean, for instance, who is a, a favorite of mine, took the, took the raw edge bluesy side of Charlie Parker and turned that into a style. Uh, Phil Woods, another, another great, wonderful saxophone player, took the brash, big-sounding Charlie Parker and, and turned that into a, into a style. And, and various other saxophone players but in in the case of Charles McPherson, the beautiful and lyrical and elegant side of Charlie Parker was what appealed to him the most and he developed that and developed his own uh, inimitable style to that. Now Charles McPherson has recorded a lot of albums under his own name. He of course there's all kinds of uh, examples of his work with Mingus over the years but his own albums are very distinctive. He recorded for uh, a lot of albums for Prestige Records and, l- and later went on to record for Mainstream Records and Xanadu Records in, in the 70s and uh, still continues to record and produce beautiful records today. But this is one album that I have always liked and Charles McPherson likes this album too. We've talked about it and... Um, he likes his playing on this album. He's, uh, he can be pretty self-critical, as most musicians are, but he said this, this session was so smoothly done and, and worked out so beautifully, he was very pleased with it. And he said, this is an album that I personally like to listen to of my own work. And um, so that's, in a way, that's a nice compliment. He said, because there's other albums that I refuse to listen to, but this album I love. So... Without further ado, we're going to hear this album. It's a quartet album, and it features Charles's first mentor on piano, and that's Barry Harris, who is affectionately known as Uncle Barry Harris because he was uncle to so many uh, Detroit musicians. And Barry, of course, lives in New York City now. And he um, uh, teaches as well, and he, I'm, I'm very happy to say he is still alive and and still playing on bass is a gentleman who is one of the leading bass players in the world and i'm talking about charles buster williams buster williams and he is still very much with us on drums is a gentleman who has departed uh, a wonderful drummer from from detroit Um, he had a a rather troubled life um, but a great career and uh, is one of the finest drummers on the planet. I'm talking about Roy Brooks on drums. And of course, the gentleman we're featuring, Charles McPherson, on alto saxophone. This album was recorded in New York City um, about two days before Christmas, December 23rd, 1969. And the album came out on Prestige Records. It's called McPherson's Mood. And we're gonna hear the pieces as the musicians recorded them in the studio. This is important. Uh, um, it gives the listener, uh, you know, it's usually uh, beyond the musicians, um, how, how things are programmed on a CD or, or, um, or LP record. It's usually the producer um, that, that do this without any consultation to the musician. They just plan the tunes. And we get used to hearing the tunes one after another after another. Uh, we know which tunes are going to follow. And um, with the coming of discographies and a lot of inside information, it's very interesting to know exactly um, the, how, the order of um, which the musicians played them in the studio. And uh, what tune was first, what tune was second, what tune was third, Etc. Etc. And I think that's a better way to listen to it. And it also takes away, um, it, it lets you listen to the music in a, in a different way, especially if you're very familiar with the album. So this is how we're going to listen to it this evening. We're, we're going to hear the tunes in the order that the musicians played them on that day. So we begin with the title track. And it's a slow blues, and it's called Macpherson's Mood. Charlie Parker did a famous blues called Parker's Mood, and this is kind of in the same vein. And, of course, it's Charles Macpherson, so it's Macpherson's Mood. The second tune is um, up-tempo original composition by Charles called Explorations. Then the third tune is uh, a modern sounding um, variation of the blues with some altered chord progressions written by Charles and it's called Mish Mash Bash. That's tune number three. Tune number four is a standard tune that most people know written by Cole Porter, I Get a Kick Out of You. And it's a a beautiful version of, of the tune. Tune number five is a tune that was put on the map by none other than Stevie Wonder. And it's a beautiful rendition of Mon Cheri Amour. And the final tune is a Charles Macpherson original called Opalescence. So, six tunes. Charles Macpherson on alto saxophone, uh, Barry Harris on piano, Buster Williams on bass, and Roy Brooks on drums. And we begin with Macpherson's Mood, our jazz feature this evening. Doo doo Our jazz feature this evening, the music of Alto Saxophone Master Charles McPherson. And this is from a wonderful album, one of his own personal favorites, entitled Macpherson's Mood. And it was um, recorded for Prestige Records back in December, December 23rd, two days before Christmas, 1969, in New York City. And Charles, of course, playing the alto saxophone. His early mentor on piano, Barry Harris. And on bass, the great Buster Williams. And on drums, the late and great Roy Brooks. And we heard um, in the recording order the six tunes that the uh, group recorded on this particular day. We opened with the slow blues, a perfect start written by Charles Macpherson. And, of course, that was the title track, Macpherson's Mood. And um, Charlie Parker had, uh, of course, made a very, very famous recording called Parker's Mood. So this was Macpherson's Mood in the same kind of vein. And uh, tune number two was an up-tempo piece by Charles called Explorations. And then tune number three was uh, a variation of modern-style blues called Mish, Mash, Bash, written by, of course, Charles. And then we moved to uh, one of the great standard tunes, and uh, a very famous one um, by Cole Porter called I Get a Kick Out of You. And then the follow-up tune, tune number five, was a tune that... um, Stevie Wonder put on the map and uh, was a latter day, um, became a latter day standard in the tune, Mon Chéri Amour. And the final tune was uh, an interesting original by Charles entitled Opalescence. And that's the jazz feature this evening. My good friend and uh, very much alive. He is so active in music uh, these days. He's playing everywhere—New York, Chicago, you name it. He he gives lectures, he teaches, um, he uh, is recording, uh, traveling all over North America and in uh, Europe. And uh, he's seventy-seven years old and uh, a picture of health, and uh, a really fine example of the positive side of jazz music. And Charles, to my mind, is still, I think, one of the finest exponents of the modern alto saxophone. And uh, a great musician and a very inspiring person. So this is uh, a way of honoring uh, the living. I often get teased by uh, some, some people, some good friends of mine always say, gee, you know, you played all these musicians on your on your show. They're great, but they're all dead. <laughs> I'm very happy to say that three of the musicians on this date are still with us. Roy Brooks is the only one that's departed. Uh, Charles McPherson, Barry Harris, and Buster Williams are still very much a part of the jazz scene and uh, still performing, playing, and um, contributing to the scene. Such as it is. Alright, that was our jazz feature. I certainly hope you enjoyed the lyrical and elegant stylings of the one and only Charles McPherson. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course you're listening to CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer www.citr.ca. And we're going to uh, carry on with some Music, but a little different now. This is, um, we're going to hear two tracks by the Gene Ammons All-Stars. And, of course, Gene Ammons, one of the leading voices of the tenor saxophone. But here he's leading a whole slew of musicians. And there's some interesting things happening on these two tracks. And we're going to hear all of these guys uh, solo as well. And um, it's uh, these, these two tracks are, are quite interesting. They, they came out on a prestige date. There's actually a couple of prestige albums, but um, the group is, of course, led by the great Chicago born, great voice of the tenor saxophone, one of the biggest sounds in the world, Gene Ammons on tenor saxophone. And he is leading Jerome Richardson on flute and. On alto saxophone, none other than John Coltrane. Interestingly enough, um, Coltrane, of course, played alto saxophone in his very early days, but then switched to the larger tenor. This particular date, which took place in January, early January of 1958, the great jazz critic, who was a friend of so many musicians, Ira Gittler, was an amateur saxophonist, and he had just had his alto saxophone overhauled. And he gave it to John Coltrane to, to try out and, and see if the, if the overhaul was good. And Coltrane said, you know, um, I'm going to play it on this date. I like it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to play it. So that's, that's how Coltrane um, ended up playing the alto saxophone on this date with Gene Ammons. And so it, it's very rare at this stage of the game to hear Train on, on alto, and he sounds great on it. Paul Quintus Shea is on tenor saxophone, is another tenor saxophonist on here. He has a very, very distinctive sound. He has directly um, been influenced by Lester Young. As a matter of fact, he got a nickname because uh, Lester Young was known as the president. Paul Quinochet was known as the vice-president because he sounded so much like Lester Young. Although, uh, over the years, I've listened a lot to Quintus and and he's got completely his own style. Influenced by Lester, yes, but he's got his own thing happening. Wonderful saxophone player, and he was a very close friend of Coltrane's, too. They even recorded an album together, just the two of them. On baritone saxophone, the leading and terrific baritone saxophonist, Uh, None other than the great Pepper Adams. So what a saxophone section. Gene Ammons, uh, Jerome Richardson on flute, Coltrane on alto saxophone, Paul Quinochet on tenor saxophone, Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone. The rhythm section, Mel Waldron on piano. And Waldron composed these two tunes and arranged them for the horns. And a very talented musician. George Joyner, um, who was also known, uh, converted to Islam and became Jamil Nasser, one of the great bass players, worked with Ahmed Jamal for many, many years. George Joyner, a.k.a. Jamil Nasser, on bass, and the great New York drummer, Arthur Taylor. So we're going to hear two tunes. The first one was, is called Groove Blues, um, and the second one is called The Real McCoy. And that features the full band, and both these tunes were written by Mel Waldron. So I hope you enjoy these uh, two lengthy tunes by this great band. Two tracks from uh, Gene Ammons' all-star album from Prestige. Um, They were issued on a couple of dates, um, The Big Sound and Groove Blues. But uh, Gene Ammons leading a rather large ensemble, a whole bunch of formidable musicians. Uh, Gene, of course, the, the leader on tenor saxophone and uh, possessor of uh, one of the most uh, biggest sounds on tenor, and, of course, very distinctive with his bluesy style. We heard Jerome Richardson on flute exclusively, on alto saxophone, none other than John Coltrane, and on very distinctive tenor saxophone. He has that kind of pulpy sound, um, Paul Quinochet who was known, uh, because his style was very close to the um, president, Lester Young, Paul Quinochet was known as the vice prez, and um, very, very fine saxophonist. And on baritone saxophone, one of the great masters of that instrument, Pepper Adams. And the composer and arranger of those two tunes was the pianist on the date, the great Mel Waldron. And on bass, um, he was then known as George Joyner, but he uh, converted to Islam and became known as Jamil Nasser, and very, very fine, strong bassist, and worked with, uh, as I mentioned before, worked with Ahmad Jamal for years and years and years, great bassist. And on drums, the great New York drummer, Arthur Taylor, all recorded right after New Year's Eve, January 3rd, 1958. They all got uh, over their hangovers and played uh, extremely well on this date. The two tunes we heard, Groove Blues was the first one, and the second tune was entitled The Real McCoy. All right, we hope you enjoyed uh, those uh, Gene Ammons um, all-star dates, and uh, we're going to be back with some music by a gentleman who is celebrating a birthday today. I'll tell you who it is, but first we're going to hear some messages. I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name Gavin Walker, and uh, as I said, we'll be back and celebrate a birthday anniversary right after some messages here, beginning with this one.
2: vancouver an experimental music and sound art series join us for destroy vancouver 17 this june 25th at vivo media arts center featuring chris corsano evan parker aaron sexton and scant in tone fifteen dollars advance at door this June 25th, starting at 8.30 p.m.
3: Do you like friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, but it gives you all kinds of deals with our friends on Main Street, including 10% off at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Red Cat Records, woo vintage clothing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more or come check us out in the nest. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. The CM, the hydra cm CM, Nissi uh, And the to leave <laughs>
1: some weather. <laughs> All right. Uh, tonight is going to be partly cloudy with a low of 13. The sun did break out today for a while, but it was uh, there was quite a bit of cloud around. May- Tomorrow is going to be mainly cloudy with a low of 13 and a high of 21. And for the next uh, few days, Wednesday, Thursday, f- and Friday, um, it's going to be cloudy. With um, a 40 to 60 percent chance of a shower all three days, with lows around 13 and highs uh, hitting up to 19. Saturday is a little better, it's going to be a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 12 and a high of 22, getting warmer. Then it's going to clear completely away by Sunday, and it's going to be sunny on Sunday with a low of 13 and a high of 24. So that looks good for the weekend. And, of course, the, uh, the big uh, Robson Square um, jazz festival events downtown uh, are outdoors. And, of course, um, they're going to be, it looks as though they're going to be rain-free, which is really, really, really nice because the jazz festival begins on Friday, uh, officially. And then, of course, there's all that outdoor stuff, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Uh, down at Robson Square. And, of course, there'll be thousands of people down there, and it's always nice if it's not raining. I mentioned a birthday, and one of the great innovative musicians celebrating a birthday today. He was born in Los Angeles of Panamanian parents, I'm talking about Eric Allen Dolphy, Eric Dolphy. Eric Dolphy was the only child um, of these um, nice folks, hardworking immigrant uh, parents. And they encouraged their son, who exhibited an interest in music, very, very early and made sure that he had everything he needed to develop his skills. And, of course, Eric Dolphy became one of the most innovative and adventurous and um, incredible musicians on alto saxophone. As a matter of fact, he played all the saxophones. He did, st- he did studio work in his early days in, in L.A. playing baritone, tenor, all the horns, but he, alto was his um, major saxophone, but he also played the bass clarinet, and uh, he played regular clarinet too, but he, he developed a great love for the bass clarinet, and that became his secondary voice, and of course, all the while, he was studying and playing the flute. And of course, he was a master flute player. Eric Dolphy was an incredible uh, musician. He had his own vision uh, of, of music. Um, he absorbed and could play uh, just about anything that was put in front of him. Uh, he, he learned uh, how to uh, improvise on standard tunes and, and so on and so forth. He, and, and yet, Um, was a great innovator. He was born, as I said, in Los Angeles today, June the 20th in 1928, and sadly died in 1964. He was just uh, shy of 36 years old. He had gone over to Europe. Um, He had joined uh, another edition, as a matter of fact, a great edition of Charles Mingus's Jazz Workshop. He had been uh, a member in earlier years, well went out on his own and uh Mingus asked him to come back because he was a he was a personal favorite of Mingus's and uh Mingus wanted him for this uh extensive European tour and Dolphy um agreed and joined the band and uh, they went over to Europe and while they were over there, uh Eric said, You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna move here permanently and I'm gonna bring my, my uh fiancé over here, we're going to get married and I want to live in Europe because I think I can work more and have my music much more accepted. And, of course, to the great disappointment of of Mingus. But he did finish the tour with Charles. But sad to say, um, Eric had uh, undiagnosed diabetes. And um, that's a sneaky, very sneaky disease and uh, very complex as well and um he of course um had um was having, having some problems and and he uh, he collapsed and he was taken to a hospital uh, in germany and uh, according to uh information what i know um he he was uh, he was comatose at the time and the doctors Uh, Weren't quite sure what was going on, except they knew he was an American musician. He was an African-American jazz musician. And so they assumed that Eric Dolphy um, was using drugs and um, gave him some sort of antidote. But, uh, of course, uh, Eric um, never recovered. And and died in hospital and it was a misdiagnosis really um, of Eric Dolphy and 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 we lost him tragically sad to say um, the 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 German doctors that treated him uh, assumed that uh, because he was african-american he was a jazz musician that uh, he was a drug user and that uh, that was a mistake and of course uh, Eric paid for that mistake with his life it was very sad And uh, we lost this great musician. The very last recording that Eric made in America under his own name was done on February twenty fifth, 1964, uh, before he left uh, for Europe with uh, Mingus. And he put this incredible band together, made this recording for Blue Note Records, and it still stands as one of his most incredible outings. The album was called Out to Lunch. And uh, it featured Eric on all of his instruments, uh, alto saxophone, flute, bass, clarinet, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Bobby Hutcherson on vibes, Richard Davis on bass, and Tony Williams on drums. We're going to hear two tunes from that album. Um, As a matter of fact, we're going to hear three tunes from that album uh, dedicated to uh, Eric Dolphy and celebrating his birthday anniversary today. And uh, he's going to be heard on all of his um, instruments as well, on these three tunes. So the first piece of music we're going to hear is a composition that Eric uh, wrote. And um, it reminded him of Thelonious Monk. So he called the composition Hat and Beard. The second tune is dedicated to one of the great classical flutists, uh, who Eric... um, admired, and he had written a lot of books, theory books, on how to play the flute, and Eric studied them. And uh, the flute player was, his name was uh, Gazzoloni, a great Italian flute player. And um, Eric wrote this tune and dedicated it to Gazzoloni. And of course, he plays the flute on that tune. And the final tune we're going to hear is a tune called Straight Up and Down and that features um, Eric on alto saxophone. So he's heard on bass clarinet on the first tune, Hat and Beard, on flute on gazoloni, and on alto saxophone on the final tune, Straight Up and Down. Once again, Eric Dolphy on all of those instruments, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Bobby Hutchison on vibes, Richard Davis on bass, Tony Williams on drums from the great album, Out to Lunch. And we begin with hat and beard. small tribute to one of the great innovative musicians of the 20th century. I'm talking about Eric Dolphy. And this particular date was done for Blue Note Records. It was his last um, date done on U.S. soil um, before his untimely departure. Um, he did go to Europe and uh, worked with Mingus for a few months and, of course, died over there at a young age, uh, 36 years old. This was recorded February 25, 1964, and uh, it featured an all-star band put together by Eric. With, uh, we heard Mr. Dolphy on alto saxophone, flute, and bass clarinet. We also heard Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Bobby Hutchison on vibes, Richard Davis on bass, and Tony Williams on drums. And, of course, the album is um, one of Eric Dolphy's true classics. The album is called Out to Lunch, and we heard three tunes from there. I picked those three tunes because it has all of the instruments that he played so beautifully. Um, the opening track was a uh, Dolphy composition entitled Hat and Beard. And the reason he called it that is when he finished writing it and thinking about it in his head, he thought, you know, this sounds like Thelonious Monk. So that's why it was called Hat and Beard. And it featured Eric on bass clarinet. The second tune was dedicated to the great Italian flutist, Gasoloni, and it was called that. Uh, That was the title of the tune, Gasoloni, and it featured, of course, Eric on the flute. And again, it was his composition. The last tune is kind of almost uh, a humorous thing because when he finished writing it and thinking about how he wanted to, to have it played, it reminded him of, uh, of a drunk, staggering home at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to, trying to stay upright. And so he called it Straight Up and Down. And, of course, Eric was featured on alto saxophone on that tune. The thing about Eric Dolphy, a lot of people, um, he did have his detractors, of course, because he was so innovative, and that <laughs> that's not unusual in, in, in music. And the thing is, uh, Eric's music, all of it contained a, a, a very mordant sense of humor as well. Um, Eric Dolphy's music uh, ranged over um, Joyousness, anger, hurt, sadness—all all all those emotions. But it was also very funny too, uh, in in a very direct way. And um, a lot of people missed that because they heard the anger sometimes in Eric's music because of the intensity of which he played, and yet missed the humor in in his music. And and, um, from all accounts, uh, I never met Eric Dolphy, but. So many people who were close to him told me what a beautiful person he was. He was very—he was a complete—he um, he was a gentle soul, and completely dedicated to music um, all of his life. And uh, unfortunately, died young, sad to say. But his birthday is today. He was born in Los Angeles, June the twentieth, nineteen twenty-eight. Eric Allen Dolphy. Another great musician who passed away, lived a good long life, and he was kind of a transitional figure in jazz music, and I'm talking about pianist Sir Charles Thompson, and uh, Sir Charles was born in Springfield, Iowa, uh, March 21st, 1918, and passed away just a few days ago, um, June the 16th, and He was 98 years old, and he had still been performing. uh, Pretty amazing. So Charles Thompson was one of those kind of transitional figures, um, and he, in the mid-40s, he made a lot of recordings um, featuring some of the new up-and-coming musicians, and I'm talking about people like Dexter Gordon and Charlie Parker, who were just beginning their career. So, uh, I decided to um, play you four tunes that Sir Charles recorded uh, September fourth, nineteen forty-five, and they're as I said they're kind of transitional recordings. They're they're um, basically uh, swing feel, but of course they have these two young modern musicians in here too, delivering their message. And of course it showed that the modern musicians. Um, although they sounded radical to a lot of people, actually were simply extenders of jazz tradition. I'm talking about people like Charlie Parker and Dexter Gordon and and others. So these are uh, um, some very fine recordings, and I I hope you enjoy these four tracks we're going to hear. They're they're all compositions, by except for the uh, one tune, uh, which is a, a standard tune. They're all... Tunes written by Sir Charles Thompson, and uh, it features the band Charlie Parker on alto saxophone, Dexter Gordon on tenor saxophone. These are the two young Turks in the band. Buck Clayton from the old Basie band uh, on trumpet, uh, Danny Barker from New Orleans on guitar, Jimmy Butts on bass, and J.C. Hurd on drums, and Sir Charles Thompson on piano. And we're going to hear the four tunes that they recorded September 4th, 1945 in New York City. The first one is entitled Taken Off. The second tune features Dexter Gordon. It's the ballad of the set, and it's a standard tune called If I Had You. I can't recall who wrote this tune, but it was a a popular song. And um, tune number three and tune number four are both Sir Charles Thompson compositions, Two number three is entitled 20th Century Blues, and two number four is probably the best known from this record date, and it's called The Street Beat. So here then is our dedication to this uh, great, and I call him a transitional musician, Sir Charles Thompson. Sir Charles Thompson gets the last word in on, the, on that piece, and of course, uh, it's our little dedication to this uh, wonderful pianist, arranger, and composer, Sir Charles Thompson. Lived to ninety-eight years old, passed away uh, June the sixteenth, and um, great musician, kind of a transitional figure in jazz. He, he, um, unlike some of the older musicians. Uh, he liked the young guys that were coming up, especially in the, uh, uh, in the mid-40s because there were you know, such people as Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, um, all kinds of people playing modern jazz. And some of the older musicians were hostile toward them and uh, called them fakes and shams and all, all this kind of stuff. And um, Sir Charles Thompson was one of them that uh, was very sympathetic toward them. He liked what they did and realized that they were part of the tradition. They simply were had some different things to play. and so um, he used them on uh, used a couple on this particular record date, which was done September fourth, nineteen forty five in New York, and it featured Charlie Parker on alto saxophone, Dexter Gordon on tenor saxophone. They were both young guys at the time. Buck Clayton from the old Basie band on trumpet, uh, Danny Barker on guitar, Jimmy Butts on bass, and J.C. Heard on drums, and of course Sir Charles Thompson on piano. He arranged all the tunes and composed three of these four tunes. The first one was called Taken Off, and the second tune was a standard that didn't, um, strangely enough, didn't feature Charlie Parker in any kind of a solo on that piece featured all the other musicians, uh, but it was a standard tune called If I Had You, an old ballad. And then we heard um, the 20th Century Blues was tune number three, and the most, uh, I guess the best-known tune from this this date was uh, the final one called the Street Beat, and um, that was played by a lot of the modern jazz musicians. And all of those compositions were, those three were composed by Sir Charles Thompson, except for uh, the ballad, If I Had You. And, of course, it was really great to hear some early Charlie Parker, um, kind of uh, not in his normal context either, So, which showed you what a evolutionary musician he was, not a revolutionary musician. He was able to play with uh, all the uh, older musicians and adapt his style to uh, their kind of um, Rhythmic concept. Speaking of Charlie Parker, we're going to listen to these are home recordings that Charlie Parker made when he was 22 years old. Nobody knew who he was except for uh, a few musicians that had been around him, but he wasn't famous then. Um, None of the critics or none of the public, uh, he wasn't a public figure yet. And as I said, he was only 22 years old when he um, made these. Um, and I, th- as I said, they were home recordings. So uh, the sound quality is uh, a little iffy on these recordings. But um, they were done basically for his, for his own, own pleasure, and they weren't intended for any kind of commercial distribution. These are rare t- uh, tracks. We're going to hear two. Um, and Charlie Parker is accompanied here on guitar by a friend of his, a very fine guitarist, named Effridge Ware, and there's some subtle brushes in the background uh, played maybe on, on a drum or maybe on a suitcase or something uh, by um, a drummer from... Kansas City named Little Phil Phillips, and um, we're going to hear two tunes with this combination of musicians, and uh, you'll hear what a fine guitarist Effridge Ware was, Uh, and he was somebody who taught. uh, He was kind of ahead of his time, and, and Charlie Parker learned a lot of theory from him, just from jamming with him, so we're going to hear Charlie Parker play Body and Soul on alto saxophone, And then we're going to hear Charlie Parker do Cherokee, which was a tune that he um, really mastered. And even in 1942, when this was recorded, um, Charlie Parker had this one down. So we begin with very early Charlie Parker playing Body and Soul. ladies and gentlemen, was some sounds that had never been played before. That's right. Early Charlie Parker, recorded in September of 1942. And uh, he was only 22 years old at the time. Um, Very few people knew who he was. And um, nobody would ever have predicted his effect and his influence on all of jazz music, and uh, these are some of the earliest um, decent recordings of, uh, of Charlie Parker just uh, just playing. His partner on guitar is someone who um, is an uh, older musician who Charlie Parker learned a lot of things from, and uh, that was Efferge Ware on guitar, and we heard some subtle brushes in the background uh, played by another Kansas City musician by the name of Little Phil Phillips. And, of course, Charlie Parker on alto saxophone. And um, he had it all together then. and It was just absolutely amazing. And actually, the fidelity of these recordings is not bad, considering they were um, amateur recordings. All right, hope you enjoyed that. A little tribute to Early Bird. Now, before we get to our next music, uh, we've got uh, a few things that I'd like to tell you about, including the fact that uh, we are broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory right out here at the University of British Columbia, CITR 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show, a regular Monday night feature on CITR, and um, we have... A couple of websites we should tell you about. One of them, of course, is the most important website, and that's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society that bring you this year's jazz festival, and it's here. It's starting this Friday officially, and uh, all kinds of uh, incredible musicians coming here. And, of course, you can um, look at the whole schedule uh, on your computer, very easy, citr.ca. And it's a very complete um, and up to date website. You can buy tickets. There's lots of ticketed items, um, all kinds of places. Uh, Frankie's uh, Jazz Club down at 765 Beatty, um, Late Night Innovation Series at Ironworks, um, Performance Works, Christchurch Cathedral, the Vogue series and the Queen Elizabeth Theater. So there's all kinds of events happening and, of course, all kinds of free stuff, too. So to um, really make your plans, uh, the best thing to do is get onto that website. You can make reservations for ticketed events, buy tickets, all that kind of stuff, and um, just see the expense and the um, innovation of... um, This year's Jazz Festival, all kinds of wonderful artists coming here. And uh, that's all you have to do is just get onto that website, check it out, browse around, take your time. Coastaljazz.ca Another comprehensive website, of course. Is one I often refer to, and that's the website of the coastal of. Um, <laughs> I already said the coastal jazz and blues. Aside. I'm talking about VancouverJazz.com. That's an excellent website as well. That's that's a good one. All sorts of links on that one too. So two important websites: CoastalJazz.ca, VancouverJazz.com, and um, one more brief thing. My good friend uh, Ken Speller. Is a instrument musical instrument repairman. Um, reed's are his reed instruments are his specialty saxophones, flutes, clarinets. Uh, he does that uh, from his own home, and uh, keeps the costs of maintaining these instruments down to a very reasonable minimum. He's also a great teacher, and a wonderful saxophone player in his own right. And uh, he has a um, business called Music at Home, where he will come to your house and teach you how to play the saxophone, the flute, or the clarinet. And um, he is a very, very good teacher. He can be reached at 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933, or kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. Speller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. He's a good guy to know. And we'll be right back with an artist who's going to be our guest next week on The Jazz Show. And we'll tell you more about that right after these brief messages.
3: In recognition of National Aboriginal Day, make some noise with the Red Jam Slam this June 21st, 6 to 9 p.m. Red Jam Slam is here to fill the airwaves with pride and celebrate being indigenous.
1: Featuring live performances from Red Soul Blues, Farah Palmer, Cuckoo's Nest, Aisha O, oh, Nimkish, plus
3: many more. Join the audience at 1192 East Hastings or listen live at citr.ca and 101.9 FM.
1: You can also tune in to Co-op Radio or CJSF. From 6 to 9
3: p.m., the Red Jam Slam, this June 21st.
1: The most powerful, motivational speeches that I have ever heard came from people who told me I couldn't do something. (laughs) You know why? Because when they told me I couldn't do it, I was bound and determined to show them that I could.
3: Did you know CITR has an accessibility collective? our new collective serves to explore issues of inclusion, equity, and accessibility for people with physical and cognitive disabilities on campus and beyond. If you love making radio, listening to radio, or want to get involved for the first time, come join our collective. We include people of all abilities, experience levels, and backgrounds in the production and programming of our show. Tune in to our weekly show, All Access Pass, from 5 to 6 p.m. on Thursdays for interviews, music, news, events, and awesome dialogues. If you want to get involved, email accessibilitycollective at citr.ca.
2: If only I could dream, we could start again.
1: All right. Next week on um, The Jazz Show, I think right from the uh, early part of the show, we're going to delay the jazz feature uh, this one time because... uh, my good friend, guitarist and vocalist and composer, Mike Rudd, who spent a lot of years here in Vancouver, uh, um, is coming into the studio, and we're going to talk about his new recording project. Uh, he'll be appearing at the Vancouver International Jazz Festival, but he has a brand new album out called Miniatures, and it it is a solo effort. Um Mike, of course, has uh, often sung over the years. Um, and, um, y- you know, he would do a set of basically instrumental tunes, but he would sing on, on one, or occasionally he would accompany his improvisations on guitar with, with uh, uh, a wordless vocal. And uh, people kept asking him, uh, gee, why don't, you, uh, why, why don't you sing more? <laughs> and so he um, decided to do, this is sort of an overdue album. Uh, uh, he was asked for many years to do a solo album, and of course he, he, he demurred and, and uh, finally decided he was going to do one. And uh, this one features vocals and solo guitar. All done by Mike. No overdubs, nothing. Uh, that's pretty well stated on the CD. And his concert here will be From this particular repertoire. And um, as Mike says, I worked out many of these arrangements and now they're ready to share. Since the band is scrunched down to only one person, uh, the songs and solos are short. I felt that these were becoming something tiny and special, like little crafted figurines, miniatures, if you will. And I hope you enjoy them. So that's why the album is called that. We're going to hear a selection of um, tunes from here. Some standards and some compositions by Mike. The first one is dedicated to a beautiful park in, uh, in the east side of Montreal, Parc La Fontaine, La Fontaine Park. And um, this is the first composition on the album that we're going to hear, Parc La Fontaine. And the second piece of music is a very beautiful tune called You Must Believe in Spring which was, of course, uh, composed by Michel Legrand and some other people. Then we're going to move to a tune uh, written by Charlie Parker entitled Dexterity. And then a tune um, based on uh, a Bach invention, number eight, and it's called You Have to Practice Slow. And the lyrics, of course, are by Mike Rudd. And the final tune is a beautiful version of the David Raxon tune, Laura. So here then, from his album Miniatures, is Mike Rudd. Enjoy his music. And he'll be here next week to uh, talk about this album and more. <laughs>
3: The summer is simmering your brain, love You can meet me at Park La Fontaine, love And at length, when you cool down We can start to make sense of your life in this town There is no one around to arrest you And no trial to torment you or test you we'll just sit under the leaves and you'll plead your defense to the grass and the breeze rest now head against this tree see how a simple life can be Something will render you whole once again here in the half-light of Parc La Fontaine. and lovers and gypsies There are sailors and soldiers and hippies There are men back from the war There are women who meet them I won't say what for And all these lives will now connect will intersect only a moment and never again here in the gloaming of Park La Fontaine on the day after the blizzard in the blue They come, skates on their backs, and the new fallen snow quickly fills with their tracks. And the spring duly delivers a plateau that is rippling with rivers. There's a cup and it gently flows, and a boy with a stick proudly captains the boat. To see. A vision of how life used to be Evenings in summer that don't seem to end Here in the half light of Parc La Fontaine When lonely feelings chill The meadows of your mind Just think if winter comes Can spring be far behind Beneath the deepest snows The secret of a rose Is merely that it knows You must believe in spring Just as the tree is sure Its leaves will reappear It knows its emptiness Is just a time of year The frozen mountain dreams of April's melting streams, how crystal clear it seems, you must believe in spring. believe in love and trust it's on its way just as the sleeping rose awaits the kiss of May so in a world of snow of things that come and go where were You think you know You can't be certain of of all the chances that you wish you'd taken. If you hadn't let yourself be lost and shaken. Long forgotten wisdom of the heart awakens to a soaring joy where time is like a toy. And in a childhood reminiscence you recover. Memories of a music that was like no other Bach is like a brother from another mother And you will discover When you can relate it, never stating it too fast When you're not intimidated by the players of the past Then at last You'll find you're ready to Begin Thank you. you have to practice slow if you're ever gonna get it sorted out you have to practice every little lesson that your teacher told you lean and as you listen let your soul behold you see the simple symmetry of it unfold you have to practice slowly patiently you pace it as your passion perseveres through the days that turn to months and through the months that turn to years till you hear you're nearly ready to begin that's right, I said begin, because the kind of work I'm talking about is not some kind of nappy, pamby wishy-washy thing. If you would see it through, if you really want to see what you can do, you better silence all the nagging critics, starting with yourself. You think of all the chances that you wish you'd taken if you'd never let yourself be lost and shaken, long-forgotten wisdom of the heart awakens to a soaring joy where time is like a toy. And in a childhood reminiscence, you recover memories of a music that is like other buck is like a brother from another mother and you will discover if you can relate it never stating it too fast and you're not intimidated by the players of the past then at last you find you're ready to begin Laura is the face in the misty light footsteps that you hear down the hall, the voice. That you hear on a summer night That you can never quite recall And you see Laura On a train that is passing through Those eyes How familiar they seem She gave Your very first kiss To you That was Laura But she's old
1: That was the talented guitar work and the voice of Mike Rudd, and he's going to be our guest next week on the show. This is his latest album and his latest uh, recording project, and we'll be talking to uh, Mike about uh, this album and um, other things that, uh, that he has done over the years. And, of course, Mike lived here in Vancouver and went to Cap College, and um of course now lives in the city of montreal and of course uh, mike will be here for the uh, jazz festival and doing um selections from uh, from this album which is called miniatures and it features his um his singing voice and his uh, incredible guitar work and uh, it's quite a um uh, an accomplishment for Mike to uh, have done this album. Um, there are no overdubs and everything, but he's responsible for the guitar work, the vocals, the arrangements, and, uh, and the fact that there's no overdubs, <laughs> which he uh, insists on telling you because uh, uh, he did this. This is a solo project. So we heard um, a whole bunch of tunes from this album, beginning with Parc La Fontaine, uh, dedicated to that great park in Montreal, and then the uh, Michel Legrand tune, You Must Believe in Spring, and then a Charlie Parker tune called Dexterity, and then one based on Bach invention number eight called You Have to Practice Slow, and the final tune was uh, the great ballad, Laura. So Mike will be our guest on the show next week. Meanwhile... We'd like to carry on a little bit and play you uh, some music by, from an album called Stick Up by vibist Bobby Hutcherson, which features the great Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Herbie Lewis on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And this is a composition uh, that Bobby wrote. It's um, very similar, actually, to the John Coltrane tune called Spiritual. But I like this tune as well. It's in that mood, but it's a Bobby Hutchison composition, and it's called Verse. Enjoy. Thank you. Well, I think that's a great piece to uh, end this first day of summer edition of The Jazz Show. And that was, of course, vibraphonist Bobby Hutcherson leading Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone. McCoy Tyner at the piano, Herbie Lewis on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And that's from the album Stick Up a rather rare item on uh, Blue Note Records, and that tune was entitled Verse, and it was uh, written by Bobby Hutchison. All recorded uh, July Fourteenth, 1966. Bobby Hutchison, one of the great geniuses of the vibes. So we'd like to thank you very much for being out there this evening, and remember our guest artist next week, and he'll be um, basically uh, talking at the beginning of the show Uh, We'll be guitarist, vocalist, composer, arranger, all that sort of stuff, Mike Rudd. And uh, Mike, of course, as I said, uh, graduated from Cap College here in Vancouver, played uh, locally for many years, and of course he's now a resident of Montreal. And uh, we'll be coming out here to perform at the Jazz Festival. So we're going to have a little chat with Mike and ask him about all his various Uh, musical projects, including the latest, and uh, which we just heard on the show called, uh, or some of it anyway, uh, called Miniatures. Anyway, thank you very much for uh, being out there this evening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back in seven days' time. Same time, same station, of course. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9, and On the computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, we thank you. And um, you take care, and we'll see you in seven days' time, 9 p.m. Monday nights, right here on CITR. Bye-bye.